0: All right, Doug, let's talk about Satan.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's some heavy stuff, isn't it?
0: Welcome to the Unlearn Faith podcast series by the TREACH podcast. Yeah. My name is Alyssa Robinson. I'm here with Reverend Doug Meyer, and this is a time that we come together and talk through a reading plan that we did in the YouVersion Bible app. There's a link to that reading plan in the descri- description of this show. Today is battling temptation. How to battle temptation? So we are going to unlearn temptation. Yeah. And the reason I bring up Satan mm-hmm. is it talks a lot about the Satan being the core of temptation. So before we talk about any of the days of this week. Okay. What are what is your understanding of Satan? Uh, Pastor man. Oh,
1: Pastor man. The core of it is all about me over everything else i am the most important so what i need what i want what i desire trumps uh, god's plan creation any, you anything and then it just it was like a seed that got planted and it watered and it grew and then throughout time the church has used that in uh, its storytelling and its defining of good and bad i.e. good and bad people, good and bad choices, good and bad countries, you know. Mm -hmm. And then it also begins to be the facet that we apply to people and their choices. So you can see where it kind of just, it's a handy other, especially when you want to have a contrast to that which is good. Well, what do you need to have?
0: Well, so do you think that Satan is a real being? Or because... Like a lot of what this daily reading plan, he alludes to a lot is Satan wants you to fail. Satan is actively working to pull you away from God. Satan doesn't like it when you are cozying up to God. And that's why you're going through these trials because Satan wants you to fail.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Doug Meyer opinion here. The answer is No. Like I, I don't believe that there, uh, is an entity,
0: the great adversary that, yeah.
1: that was, is always, you know, hanging out, you know, right there waiting to catch us, trip us up or whatever. So, you know, seducing us, trapping us, tricking us, whatever. Uh, I do believe that there is within uh, each of us and the universe, uh, self-serving forces that, um, could be perceived or personified as evil. But I'm not really worried that later on today I'm going to run into a guy, you know, classically described, you know, red outfit, horns, and a pitchfork. Yeah.
0: I struggle with that too. I can't definitely say that Satan doesn't exist. I know there's a lot of people who are, you know, very intelligent and well-learned and discerning people who have said, you know, the devil is at work in this world and I've seen it. I've seen demons at work in this world. I've seen, you know, all of this stuff. I have not personally seen a lot of that, but what I do see is, and what frustrates me is sometimes I think that we use this character of Satan as a scapegoat to take responsibility off of us. Like that's, it's not coming from me. I, it, the temptation is being put upon me by someone else or something else. And like my, uh, the, at the core of my being, I am good. I am everything and, and sure. God, uh, and, but this other thing is distracting me or trying to, to get to me or uh, all of these things. And I just feel like over and over again, we, as the church, meaning we, as the people, are looking for something to point the finger at and saying, it's not me. Sure. It's that. And now I need to fight that.
1: Yeah. Well, and we get a little bit of help through scripture that there are some stories, you know, the story in the new Testament about um, the devil tempting Jesus in the wilderness. So that creates, um, if you lead it, read it literally that personified role model, right Mm -hmm. there, you know, okay. You just read it at face value. And, Let's say you're not even familiar with faith or the Bible, and you're just you know, reading it for literary purposes. It's hard to identify that as anything other than, oh, there was a guy in the wilderness. He went by the name devil. Mm. Is it an absolute? Is it a gotta believe? I don't know. I don't really <laughs> care. But uh, I, I have to listen like uh, two or three times over to not, like when I first hear people talk about the devil, I just kind of rebuff and go, oh, that's craziest. Then I have to listen again and listen again and apply then what I think is the devil or Satan is this uh, self-serving, ego-driven, pride-driven uh, hunger that I think humanity has. Mm. And, and we don't want
0: to admit that it lives within us. <laughs>
1: it's easier to uh, uh, objectify it. Yeah. Is that the word? And put it over here because then it kind of creates this battle, which... As we've seen in the faith Bible. is a battle, faith is a battle. Um, and so, okay, I, you know, I, I don't want to just throw it all out because mm-hmm. I, with you, I believe that there uh, man, there's horrific things that happen in the world, mm-hmm. and um, they almost always, I mean, there are catastrophes that are horrific, and then there are uh, man made catastrophes that are horrific, and I think at the core of many of those um, were uh, decisions made by conscious men or women, mm-hmm. and so were they prompted by, you know, an off-screen evil force, or is it this hard fact that in each of us we equal we have in equal shares the ability to be really good or really crappy, mm-hmm. and uh, all of your in my life and others. Lives is learning how to keep, uh, grow one and keep the other in check.
0: Well, so let's jump into day one though, okay. and specifically talk about temptation. So at the beginning of the day one video, he, the speaker, defined temptation as a test of faith. But I don't know, that doesn't feel like enough for me. Temptation feels like so much more than simply calling it a test of faith does faith always come into the picture when it comes to temptation? If I reach for an extra cookie, is that a test of my faith? Like, what right. is your definition of temptation? Not oh. the dictionary definition, the Doug definition.
1: Um, that's, a good, that's a good question, because I agree with you. I think it, uh, and I make up that maybe just for the purposes of the devotional, he just did it all. He put all his chips on.
0: Well, and of course, he's doing a Bible study, right? Right, So he's like, let's talk about God and talk about what temptation means for our faith.
1: To me, uh, and I just keep going back to temptation is that outside of me that presents itself in such a way that it will meet um, a need of mine. And I desire that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not always horribly bad. Like I'm, I'm, I am tempted to uh to speed on my way to work because there's a wide open road and nobody else is on it and so that tempting is a setting in which i can achieve that which i desire mm. and so you can put on the other end of that almost anything right you can put ice cream or uh, a guy or girl uh, a an object you can objectify that you can goal orient that man i am tempted to go do this today so i can x it's a And so then over time, you know, uh, again, we go back to that story. The devil tempted Jesus, allured Jesus, created a setting in which that other over there is very attractive. You know, it's like for me, uh, you know, fresh out of the oven pepperoni pizza when I'm on a diet. That is very seductive. (laughs) I mean, it has an allure that triggers all your senses. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in there is this appetite, the satiating of, Hey, I want that. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, then over language and story and fable and everything, we always, you know, uh, temptation is dressed up to be other.
0: Well, when I I was thinking of temptation, it kind of took me back to college and studying psychology and the Freudian concept of the edge, the ego and the superego which is, is going into taking responsibility for our own mind. But your id is your instinctual self. So this is the instant gratification. I know what I want. And the, the id is what acts out because it's selfish. It's everything that I want to need. I'm going to grab right now. It right. is the cave woman within me is Mm -hmm. the id. Uh, the super ego on the other hand is the highest version of myself. It is, um, going, uh, beyond my own needs and thinking on a grander scale, thinking of the rest of the world. And then the ego is constantly fighting between the two and finding balance between my instinctual needs and the betterment of the world and the community. And so Temptation is living in this id and one of the things that he talks about in later days that um, I think is really interesting around like what temptation says about me is that instinctual self was also created by God. It's not a bad thing. Like we are made to survive as animals in this world. We are animals in this world. And so when you're craving that pepperoni pizza, it's because salt, sugar, fats I need it to survive. Sure, I need it to survive. And so your instinctual evolution self kicks in and is like, okay, fill yourself up, fill yourself up. And the problem is that our society has evolved past our bodies and we don't need that to survive, right. but we see something and we immediately want it because your body is like store up for the winter, store up for the winter. You don't know when you'll be able to eat again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and well. that's the id and the temptation, which helps. Helps us survive. Like, can't, I can't say. Can't
1: you use that same filter for everything. Yes. I mean, i.e., uh, uh, sexual interactions between uh, people. Uh, there is at our core, I think, this desire to be in connection. Mm-hmm. Part of that is our uh, need to procreate.
0: Yep, evolution.
1: And, you know, just to continue the species. You know, and you can take that, and I think, like you said, you can apply it to appetite. You can apply it to thirst. You can apply it to security, shelter, all of the basics. Yeah. You know, and then over time, culture has absorbed some of that. We've modified some of that. We've labeled some of that good and some of that bad. And depending on what camp you're in, it's been used to either, you know, affirm you or shake its finger at you.
0: So he kind of set this whole thing up of like temptation, uh, is Satan trying to trip you up, uh, and that it is God versus Satan. And we can choose to go God's path or Satan's path. And one of the things that he compared it to, so we've had the Olympics this year and he talks about, uh, it's kind of like God is watching our lives. Like we watch the Olympics to see who's going to (laughs) win us or Satan. Who's, and every time we overcome temptation, God is cheering Yay. like, yeah, you got it. You got it. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> that well, uh, analogy. I see the merit in it as an analogy.
1: Yeah, I kind of do. I mean, it's kind of silly. I mean, I, I I guess I go back and here's just, uh, I will own a little bit of cynic. I think it's easy Convenient for pastors and storytelling to create this us against them world. And it helps in storytelling. It helps in checking yourself uh, that, you know, yeah, there's nothing wrong. God's our cheerleader. Okay, I, I fine. But that God's, you know, monitoring all of us all the time. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I don't know. It doesn't work for me. Yeah.
0: Well, he posed some good questions All at right. the end of the video, and I, I wanted us to answer these okay. questions. Yeah. So the first thing he said is, think of a temptation that you are likely to be tempted to do.
1: So I am likely to tell a untruth to uh, accomplish a goal. And the goal could be to make myself look better, or to get out of trouble, or to... Uh, whitewash something that I was supposed to do and I didn't do.
0: Yeah, I fall into that temptation.
1: No, that's my temptation. You okay, fine.
0: That, that one, well, I'm never tempted to do that, so... Ever? <laughs> <laughs> you just told me I wasn't oh. allowed to have it. <laughs> okay. All right, go pick your own. Um, Man, one of my greatest temptations is gossip. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't seek it out. It comes to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm never... I'm rarely the person. I won't say never. I'm rarely the person to start the gossip. But if someone comes to me with the hot goss, Mm, you better know I'm going to listen. I'm going to give my input. Like giving my opinion is like word vomit. I can't stop. Um, I love telling people what I think. (laughs) I love it. And so, um, and I like, and I think it's because... I'm drawn to passion. I love passion. I love a fiery conversation. Right, right, right. And when someone's fired up, it's usually gossip related. They yeah. get fired, fired up, up about yeah. Yeah. you know that sort of stuff, and I'm like, yeah, passion. Let's have this conversation. So but think, then I can't stop. And so it, it your just,
1: part is like uh, pouring gas on it. Yes. Kinda? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: I okay. stoke it yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So
1: I'm sure I do some of that too. Yeah. I'll let that one be yours. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like I think uh, gossip is this thing that we all think we want to, we we can add to the story. Mm-hmm. We have a little influence or power by no, you know, I know something you don't know, and then I share it, and suddenly you're supposed to think better of me or like ooh yeah uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's a crazy one. All right, what's the next one?
0: Okay. Think of a temptation that you'd never fall into.
1: That I think I would never fall into. Oh, wow.
0: And this one was hard because when I first started thinking about it, I was like, oh, well, there's a ton of things I'll never fall into. Like probably never murder someone. I don't think I'd fall into that temptation. But then I was like, if someone Uh hurts someone I love... I if someone that, hurt someone I somebody love. Somebody went
1: after Sarah and John.
0: That temptation hmm, would, it would be more would, than a temptation.
1: <laughs> just, yeah. Ooh, mercy. That is a hard one. Think of a temptation. Because I think that I am, uh, I'm vulnerable to any crap because I've done a lot of crap. I may mean, I have done any of those like horrific, you know, things. But um, think of a temptation. I think I would never fall into a, would be uh, victimizing innocent people like uh, uh, child abuse, sexual child abuse, abuse of, uh, you know, battery or uh, something like that. I just don't, I don't have that in my nature and it repels and repulses me. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, I don't think I'll ever do that.
0: I, the one, the one that I could think of for me is like a temptation that would never like, grab a hold of me is gambling. Mm. I've And I've gone to Vegas, like I've done the slot machines and stuff like that. I don't think that gambling in and of itself is sinful, although Jesus disagrees. Um, but I think it's when it gets a hold on you and it becomes oh, like yeah. you compulsive. And But the reason I don't think I would ever be tempted by that is because a different temptation of mine is hoard everything. Like... <laughs>
1: Well, not, you're not a super,
0: Well, no, but with money, I'm, okay, money. I'm cheap. I am extremely careful with money. Yeah, yeah. I save, I yeah. like everything, money. Like the only reason gambling's not a temptation for me is I'm like, it's my money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's mine. I'm not going to give it, if I'm going to give it to anyone, it's not going to be you, Vegas casino or whatever sure, it is. Business. Online poker. Probably. Yeah. 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 So, so I don't know if it's that like, Oh, I'm so pious. I would never fall prey to gambling. Or if it's like, girl, you got your own issues. Let go of your money.
1: <laughs> I wonder now that I, I look at this question some more, I, I wonder if he set that up for us to realize that um, we live on a slippery slope and that uh, to think we would never fall into something. Uh, I don't know. It feels a little scary because I think that the, uh, there is within me, this, you know, I think just about anybody's, pot, but uh, has the potential to do just about anything mm-hmm. if all the pieces are aligned in a certain way. You yeah,
0: know? and we want to be judgmental and be like, "Oh, I would never, that, uh, I would never be yeah, yeah, tempted yeah. to but do that." Yeah, like
1: I'm with you. If somebody came after somebody I I loved, oh, I'd want to hurt them. I'd want to hurt them bad, take them mm-hmm. out. Yeah, yeah, and and not hesitate. Mm-hmm. You know, not even like. Uh, I don't know that I'd ever I decide now I decide now that I don't even think I'd ever feel guilty. but I, I don't know.
0: So the what I think what he was really doing in setting this up and asking us these questions, because his last question is think of a temptation that Jesus would never be tempted to do. Mm, mm-hmm. And then he answered the question for us. I'm gonna yeah, tell you what he
1: said. Check that out. It's Hebrews four fifteen.
0: It says for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are yet without sin. They're talking about Jesus there. Um, So he was like, think of a temptation that Jesus would never be tempted to do. And then I was like, Oh, interesting question. And then he answered it. And he's like, there's not a temptation that Jesus hasn't been tempted to do. He's faced every test. And I was like, really? Really? Well. Like, really?
1: So that, you know, the author really wanted us to identify with the humanity of Jesus. Right. Right. And so. And I get that. Like. In the, in a super broad brush, maybe, Jesus encountered. Yeah, you know, I mean, Jesus never had to wrestle with internet porn.
0: That's what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> I don't agree that someone, a man from year one, <laughs> experiences all of the same temptations that we experience well, today in 2021 what if
1: you what if you just back way back and look at like them temptations in their most primal root form.
0: i know that i tried to do that exercise too
1: yeah that's that's where i think you know uh the author of hebrews wants us to see jesus is fully human uh connected in all the different ways that the experiences we have or will have or have had and so uh Yeah, I I think it's easy to get off in the weeds on that and go, oh really? But I, you know, I don't know. You know me. I just kind of read it sometimes like, well, okay, that's fine.
0: Yeah, the reason, the the root of the temptation is the same of, you know, was Jesus sexually tempted? Probably. Did he have internet porn? No. But (laughs) there were other, there's always opportunities, right? I
1: find that like that, If like throughout our day, we could write down statements that we make (laughs) that nobody in all of creation has ever said before, I think that might be one. You
0: know what? That is an ongoing activity between me and my partner because we both say such weird, outlandish things. We keep a running list of all of the yeah. (laughs) Defeating temptation on day two, we're we're already defeating temptation.
1: Got
0: it. Yeah. Okay. This is where we talk about Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days. Yep. And this story has always felt out of place to me. Not, maybe not out of place, but more, I already said the phrase children's fable before. More outlandish because this is one of the few stories of Jesus. There would have been absolutely no witnesses. Like how, what, it, what is this? Like Jesus went off into the wilderness for 40 days. All of this happened. And then he came back and was like, guess what I just did. Like, how do we you know? not
1: going to believe. Yeah.
0: Like, is it Jesus telling someone all of this stuff just happened? Write it down. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we're in Matthew four verses one through 11, the temptation of Jesus. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I have questions about that verse. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and suddenly angels came to wait on him. So this story is just kind of all over the place. (laughs) Like, like, first let's be in the wilderness. Now we're going to the city. Now we're going to the mountains. Zooming around. Yeah. And is it like, is it magic? Is like at a Harry Potter of Satan is touching Jesus's arm and they're yeah. What's (laughs) I can't remember what it's called, but they're just like
1: transported.
0: Apparating, I think, is what it is. Apparating into a new location. I don't know, but. That, that's the scripture, Jesus being tempted for 40 days. Yep. So what about? are, what are, yeah. What are we taking from this that I can't, I mean, I personally have trouble latching onto it as a literal story. Like the stories of Jesus teaching people. I'm like, yeah, I could see Jesus getting up in front of a crowd and teaching these things, but this story, I just don't get it. Like I don't, Where did it come from? How do we know these things? Was it a thing that actually happened or was it a dream that Jesus had of like, oh, this I had this dream and I think it means something. Like I, it's...
1: Right. I think the question that's helpful to ask is why was that important to communicate to the reader, listener? What does it tell? What's the purpose? What, um, Jesus also uses scripture as a rebut, rebuff to, uh, Satan's offers.
0: Which are also based in scripture.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think. And,
0: and I've always been taught, like, you know, growing up in the church, they're like, be careful because Satan knows scripture just as well as Jesus does. Oh, yeah. And someone will try and use your faith and manipulate you. To, and it's Satan. If Satan is trying to manipulate you. And if you, if you interpret the Bible the wrong way, that's Satan because Satan knows scripture too. Like it was, <laughs> it was terrifying. You
1: scare me. Yeah. So, it was some terrifying. of the people that you were with. Uh, if you look at that, uh, either gospel, you know, there is uh, the power for uh, self care, food, the uh, allure, the temptation of power over kingdoms over protection and um, you know one could make a case that um, Satan was doing a little marketing to try to get Jesus you know to, to succumb to the evil and that by not and by continuing to choose the path that he was ordained to be on it reaffirms his son of God Ness so
0: well and uh, that's what I've always wondered about this story Is the personification of Satan, is that really what happened or is Jesus describing an inner battle that he was facing of like, he was trying to do, let's pretend it was Lent, right? Mm -hmm. He's trying to do a 40 day Lenten fast, which is really difficult. We all struggle with it. And we all start to have those inner thoughts of like, what harm would it do if I just had a cookie today? What harm would it do if like, I know God's going to forgive me if I don't make it through this fast. I know. And so I'm like, is Satan the inner thoughts that Jesus was having of himself of like, I don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't have to, you know, um, God's not going to care. God's not going to mind if I, you know, break my fast a day early or two days early. Um,
1: those are great questions.
0: Yeah. And, and so well, I,
1: especially knowing the context of, 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 our not knowing the source of this story. Yeah. Right. If Jesus is the source of this story, then but Jesus uh,
0: would have to be like, who else would be the source of this story?
1: Right. Well, yeah. Except, you know, a lot of story, you know, stories are told secondhand, thirdhand, fourthhand. Yeah. They become campfire stories over yeah. the years. Hey, did you hear the one about where Jesus and the devil were hanging out in the woods after Jesus fasted? Um, I'm intrigued by that because um, both versions have this encounter happening post a 40-day fast, mm. right? So Jesus is already on this deeply spiritual journey right. of uh, understanding perhaps his the call upon his life and his relationship to uh, God, his Father.
0: He's starting his ministry, and he wants to do it with a fast, which is... Clearing sense. mind, clearing yep, yep. body, like all of that. He's trying to get in the right headspace to go into ministry.
1: Well, and and again, I just go back to the cornerstones that Satan tries to tempt Jesus with are just these very elemental mm. aspects of power and influence. Yeah. If you have the power to, you know, if you have that need, oh, here, guess what? You can beat yourself, have power, mm-hmm. power over, power to do. And um, I don't know. I think yeah. that's some of the fun mystery of not knowing, and uh, you know, we know people who would tell us exactly what we're supposed to take from this mm-hmm. story. Yeah, uh, of course, yeah. but so, no, where's
0: the fun in that? Yeah.
1: And so <laughs> I don't know. I I, um, I I think it would be interesting to flesh out the experience, the the mindset of this being a reflection of Jesus on his experience of fasting. And of
0: what uh, he was feeling, what what he he was was struggling struggling with, with. the temptations he experienced, not put on him by someone else, by a great adversary, but within himself.
1: I think think
0: that that makes Jesus so much more admirable and complex to me because then I can relate to him even more of like, ooh, I have those thoughts too.
1: Sure. Much more approachable, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I get that.
0: All right. I'm going to write a book about it. You need to (laughs) write (laughs) a
1: book. So
0: I'll say one of the things that I liked that the uh, video host, I don't know what to call him, said uh, on day two, he said, our victory does not depend on the strength of our faith, but on the strength of the savior we believe in. And so I really liked that because I think that a lot of people have the mindset of if I'm tempted, it's because my faith isn't strong enough. Um, or if I, if I mess up, it's because I faltered in my faith and we put, so I'm kind of out of one side of my mouth. I'm saying we shouldn't put the responsibility on someone else. And then out the other side of my mouth, I'm saying, Oh, but like, isn't it nice that the responsibility is not all on us.
1: Yeah, Right, right, right. <laughs> so, Okay. I mean, the literalist in me wants to say, well, then Jesus is always going to beat every temptation.
0: That's what I said. I said, Mm -hmm. my very next bullet point, you led right into it. If Jesus has already won, why do we even need to think about any of this? Yeah. Because in Revelation, so he points to Revelation, which by the way, I avoid Revelation like the plague. It has been used in I don't even understand it. I don't understand a bit of it. It sounds like a fever dream to me. It doesn't make a bit of sense. And I feel like it has only ever been used to like smack people over the head with. <laughs> oh,
1: scare like, the hell out of people. Yeah. Get ready. It's yeah, coming. You it's coming. Hear the, you can hear the beat uh, in the background. But he,
0: re- he referred to Revelation 17, verse 14, and it says, They will make war on the Lamb. Capital L Lamb, so I'm assuming talking about Jesus. Jesus. And the Lamb will conquer them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those with Him are called and chosen faithful. Wait, are called and chosen and faithful?
1: Yeah,
0: boom, uh, that boom, wording boom. is okay. Um, so I'm like, okay, we believe in this Jesus guy.
1: Okay.
0: He, we believe that He died. He was resurrected. And as a result of that, conquered the world, conquered our sins. We no longer have to suffer the fate of eternal damnation in hell, which we'll talk about another day, maybe later in this episode. Um, And we, because of him, can overcome and because of God's grace, because of God's. Da, 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 da. I guess I shouldn't yada 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 on that part. But yada yada that yada. Is a,
1: that is a big part, but yeah.
0: <laughs> um so why? Why does it matter if we fight temptation at all? We're going to be forgiven. We got a guy. Yeah.
1: Like Yeah, I guess. It. it does feel uh unmotivating to say, you know, you can try really hard, but it's all right because um, you still got somebody to help, you know, you're still got, you're still a winner. Yeah. Um, because none
0: of this is about you.
1: It's all about your savior. So it's, uh, it's an interesting asterisk to the whole battle motif mindset Mm -hmm. and winning over and all of that. Um, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of like maybe even something Ted Lasso would say like, Hey, we're all going to be really happy with a tie. (laughs) Right. It's just, it's all going to be okay. Um, because then Just I,
0: get out there and do your best. Do your
1: best. <laughs> Come on, kids, round up. Um, I
0: don't know. So it, it's hard. So this is the question. Okay, did we win? <laughs> or is the battle still happening? Because there's all of this conversation in the Christian culture around, like, Satan versus God and where the angels and demons are battling it out. And you know, what side are you going to be on? But I'm like, wait a second. I thought you told me we already won. (laughs) Like, isn't it done?
1: So yeah, big, you know, what's the phrase? 30,000 foot view. We've won, but you and I are still, if I'm going with their mindset in a battle every day. Hmm. And, um, We
0: haven't won. Wait. Okay. Finish your thought. I'm sorry. No, I don't
1: think you have. I think think that uh, Jesus won. Jesus won on our behalf. And um, it is through that grace, mercy, love that even, and it's funny because he has this under the category of defeating temptation. To me, it feels more fitting to be under the category of succumbing to temptation, like you're gonna try you're gonna try really hard and on the days you don't it's still gonna be okay yeah that's what it feels like to me
0: but why even try? Well just that, for our own self-satisfaction and being proud of who we are or well, I guess because we're supposed to that's one serve God
1: choice <laughs> then there's that choice yeah <laughs> I think it is to be more if you've you know gone Team Jesus. It is to say that I am aligning myself, my goals, my aspirations to be a partner with God's in building the kingdom of God. Yeah. Next. Day three. What temptation says about me? Wow.
0: I like this week. I, I do too. I think
1: that goes a lot back to your id, ego, super ego. You know, temptation for me kind of reveals that which, uh, especially if I talk about it out loud, that which I would not otherwise promote. Hmm. and it's, you know, just kind of, you know, I'll call it the hairy back of creation. I mean, it's just.
0: (laughs) What? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to take a note of that one. That's adding it to the list.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes guys talk about that part of their their identity that, you know, nobody except people who are really close to them ever know about. So um, what is it, like, if uh, it, it's partly connected to that question earlier about just thinking about what's the thing you thought you would never be tempted to do or, you know, is there any temptation beyond you? So what about all of that kind of poked you?
0: I really liked the comparison that he did of our temptations come from a core need. That is not a bad thing. And right. it's kind of it is back to what we talked about, id ego, superego. Yep. It's not an ungodly thing. And so the specific comparisons that he makes, he he goes back to Jesus being tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. Um so when Satan said to Jesus, or Jesus said to himself, you can have all of the kingdoms of the world just jump, just do whatever it is you do. You can have it all. He said that appeals to our need to be loved, approved of and accepted. And he talked about, um, you know, Satan asked Jesus, test God by throwing yourself off a cliff and see if God will catch you. And that appeals to our need to feel safe and protected and secure, which it's not wrong. It's not wrong to yearn for those things. It's not wrong to want to be loved. And it kind of goes back to like your temptation of whitewashing or the the untruths that make me puff me up, make me look sure. better, make me look. And um It's because you want to be loved and accepted and appreciated. And yeah, I'll puff myself up a little bit so that you say, oh, wow, Alyssa, you're doing a good job. Sure. Um, But it comes from a core need that we all have.
1: Being valued and affirmed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so that really made me think about, okay, what are the things that I've tempted uh, by differently? And it was kind of poking me in the eye a little bit of like the whole gossip thing of, well, I really wanna be knowledgeable. Like I want to be someone that people come to and that people share with. Sure. And um I and I think it comes down to like the need for friendship, the need for connection and just the thing that I'm finding to connect over isn't healthy.
1: Yeah. And see I would add to that, when I get in a gossip loop, I think it fill it fills the need I have to be Uh, knowledgeable in the know in the loop because people who are in the know and in the loop have a little bit of uh, influence and power over others and are perhaps favored more Mm -hmm. than others because it is the people with the knowledge that have influence and are favorites yeah and so you know if you or i or others you know if you notice how gossip works for instance somebody who has it it's always very tantalizing. Yeah. Like, I know something. Yeah. You
0: will never believe what I heard. You
1: are not going to believe. And yeah. there's like, I'm sure a little chemical hit inside of us at that moment.
0: I think it really does hit like the same place that drugs yeah. <laughs> hit in your brain of like, it sends some dopamine little, like coursing through your body of like, I know something.
1: <laughs> and, and some people like can't like uh, it's triggered immediately. They have mm-hmm. to release it. Yeah. And other people kind of just spoon feed it out. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, uh, you know, I, I, just going back to that though, like those core needs, I believe, and I think you believe that God created us with those, the, uh, the need to experience love, affirmation, respect. Yeah. Uh, I think he was also appealing to uh, this need. And I don't know that the word I'm going to use is Power. And it's power over, influence over our ability to align, direct, manipulate, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, others.
0: Um, we want to be in control. Yeah, I, I want to be in control. I know that. I can't speak for everybody.
1: Well, I think it's a pretty safe generalization <laughs> that we certainly, we like it more than when we don't like it. And it comes in all sorts of flavors, Right. And maybe that's even the the allure for Jesus mm-hmm. to be in control. Like, you don't need God, said so de- you know, the devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you got this.
0: Well, and that's one of the things that he talks about is when we fall into those temptations and taking those core needs, it's not the need itself that's bad, right? Of like wanting to feel comfort, wanting to feel safe, wanting to feel connected, wanting to feel, well... Powerful maybe, but valued, mm-hmm. appreciated. Those aren't bad things, but he says, when we succumb to temptation, it's because we value those things more than we value, value God, right. which is interesting to think about. Cause I'm like, okay, do I value control more than I value God? Do I value my own comfort More than I value God. And it kind of took me back to our conversation last month around fear, where you were talking about, you know what, the scariest thing about actually choosing to live the way Jesus lived is comfort. I want to sleep in my own bed. I want to have my family around me. I want to have, I don't want people to think I'm crazy, like all of these things. And so does that mean that you value comfort more than you value your role as a Christ follower?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it does.
0: The end.
1: The end. Um, <laughs> and I think that's the uh, it part of just the like the, the raw struggle of all this is, um, you know, I mean, it comes down to like, we, we keep kind of joking at the, the battle between good and evil. And like, so what extent are you willing to go to for power and control? Mm-hmm. and uh, let's say I choose options other than the God plan or the Jesus plan you know am I willing to uh, use other people am I willing to uh, uh, not value their identity and personhood to, to meet my need mm-hmm. or creation or 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 right and um, so I think not aligning with God is just a piece of of all of that. Now you could probably make the case for all of the rest of that is part of the, uh, creation. Mm. You know, that God said, you know, created and said, this is good. And we're like, well, it's only as good as it, you know, meets my needs. All right. Facing temptation as community. Yeah. Wow. Day four,
0: day four. Okay. One of the things that talked about is, um, what are your weaknesses and do you share those weaknesses in community? He mentioned Romans 7. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to start at, at verse 15. So I'll say I normally don't really jive with Paul. There's a lot of things that he says, particularly about women, women. <laughs> and sexuality that I'm like, mm, Paul, like, <laughs> come on, man. Um, but this is... One of the most relatable scriptures that I've ever read.
1: That's a high bar. I can't wait to hear it.
0: I don't know what I'm doing because I don't, do what I want to do. Instead, I do the thing that I hate. But if I'm doing the thing that I don't want to do, I'm agreeing that the law is right. But now I'm not the one doing it anymore. (laughs) Instead, it's sin that lives in me. I know that good doesn't live in me. That is in my body. The desire to do good is inside of me, but I can't do it. I don't do the good that I want to do, but I do the evil that I don't want to do. But if I do the very thing that I don't, Want to do, then I'm not the one doing it anymore. Instead, it is sin that lives in me that is doing it. So I find that as a rule, when I want to do what is good, evil is right there with me. I gladly agree with the law on the inside, but I see a different law at work in my body. It wages war against the law of my mind and takes me prisoner with the law of sin that is in my body. I'm a miserable human being who will deliver me from this dead corpse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You know what that sounds like to me is, uh, we just had Renew last night. It's, it's, it sounds like somebody sharing just like a really bad experience of relapse. Yes. And, uh, and I think
0: we've all been there of like, why do I keep doing the things I don't want to do? I know I shouldn't do it. I hate the things I'm doing and I can't stop.
1: I know I shouldn't. I know better. I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But damn it, I do it. And so his answer is, it's sin. Yeah. Sin, evil is, and you know.
0: Verse 24 I'm a miserable human yeah. being.
1: <laughs> I just feel like he was like, they were all at a bar and had like a self help group that night or something. Mm. And maybe Paul was finally trying to sneak up on, you know, guys, I'm not always all that. I'm not always on, uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I write a big story, but man, I can have some really crappy. Yeah. Days. He
0: ends it with saying, Thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I am a slave to God's law in my mind, but I'm a slave to sin's law in my body.
1: Uh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Go, Paul.
0: I know. He really brought the fire on that one. Yeah.
1: And, and it's like, uh, it feels like just this real guttural honesty.
0: Yes. And who is he telling this to? Like, he is doing a tell all of like, and it's almost as if he hasn't even fully wrapped his mind around what he's experiencing. And we don't know specifically what he's dealing with. Like, is it sexual? Is it uh gossip is it yeah, lying yeah, yeah, yeah. is it like what is it that he's like i'm doing this terrible sin over and over again and i can't stop myself
1: right there uh i don't know where it's at maybe, maybe you can find it that uh thorn in the flesh where he struggles with and he uses that phrase and uh, theologians just curious people for you know eon have tried to figure out well, what was that mm. was it a th- a thing or was that, you know, thorn in the flesh a metaphor for just that angst right there, that mm-hmm. there are those things? Or did he step on a thorn? Or did he just have a really bad... And
0: he's stomach? like, there's a thorn in my flesh! <laughs> <laughs> Quit trying to analyze it and get some tweezers. <laughs> okay, a my, yeah, that's probably... Uh, <laughs>
1: A so metaphor. tell people again where they can find that because that's a really... That's
0: important. a real Yeah, it is good. Okay. So I was reading from the com, Common English Bible version. I yeah. do... You version I like because I can jump around from
1: translation,
0: translation yeah. to translation. Yeah. Uh, Romans 7, 15 through 24 is what I just read. Um, but... It's so first of all, temptation, temptation, temptation all throughout that, but the fact that he's sharing it, he's sharing his weakness with the community. So I know with you being so heavily involved in Renew, that's something that you regularly partake in is sharing your weaknesses with a community. What does that do for you? And how does that help you in the battle against temptation? Oh, and also for anyone listening, Renew is our addiction recovery and support ministry.
1: Yeah. Should sure. probably mention that. Yeah. Meets yeah. Weekly. Email me more for more information. <laughs> um, it is, um, gosh, it's a lot of different things going on at one time. It is a releasing of us of a part of of the shame I have of uh, I did something that uh, is an unhealthy aspect of living. Sex, drugs, rock and roll power, money, whatever. You know, there's all sorts of ways it comes nowadays. And um, sharing it in a a vulnerable setting with other people, giving them permission to hear, somehow uh, lowers the shame meter, especially then when they receive that information and don't freak out and they're Uh, going, "Mm, Yeah, same. Yeah, been there, done that, me too, yesterday or... uh, and, and in that transmission of information, so you share it, it's received, it's received without judgment, it's received then with encouragement. And um, there is, uh, that's, that's like a recipe for an amazing experience of release. And, okay, now that you know that, now let's uh, push that over here out of the way. And what, so next time, mm-hmm. you know, do you have a plan? you have a game plan do you have backup plan you know if if you are in that setting how about you know and then we'll go through a whole list of could haves yeah. maybe you could have called or maybe you could have you know the phrase a metaphor that's used a whole lot is toolbox what's in your toolbox of things you know you know gone for a walk exercise meditated prayed go serve somebody else call somebody else mm-hmm. and all that and then we talk about well i could have but i didn't and why didn't i and then, so it's just kind of this, what do I need to learn about myself? And, and a lot of times, I mean, so much of addiction is a shame story of a choice I made that I knew better than to make, mm-hmm. but I made it again.
0: And again. And again. And again.
1: And, and here yeah. I go again. I've let myself down. I've let you down. You know, so yeah. there's a big, super loud tape of that plane. And people say, well, okay. So, so you did. Okay. Are you, are you done beating yourself up? Well, no, not yet. Well, okay, when you are, know that, you know, you're loved, you're valued, and here we go. Let's just keep doing it.
0: All right, day five, don't be afraid. That's what the title is. Don't be afraid of temptation. So this one was super short, so we're going to keep it super short. It was less than three minutes, and he was basically saying... You don't have to fear temptation because you're baptized, which is like the,
1: <laughs> the first kind of funny time in the progression baptism
0: he... was thrown. I was that threw. I was like curveball. What? what? What is this baptism thing? So uh, I was just hoping in this little day five wrap up, could you please explain baptism to me? Because and I know Seriously? that that's like a big t- no. It, it's a big topic, and okay. I grew up in the church. I was baptized. I don't fully understand it. It's this big sacred emphasis in our faith of like, to be a Christian, you need to be baptized. We have it as like a membership thing. If you want to be a member of this church, you have to get baptized first. And so, but baptism has always just felt ceremonial to me. Like I know John the Baptist did it, but like it, all it is, is like, here's some water on your head. It's a ceremony. Do I really need that ceremony to claim that I'm baptized? Like I, I can just say I'm baptized now. And Like it it just, I don't get it. I don't get it. And if I'm not baptized, so it talks about like the baptism gives you God's protection over temptation. Well, if someone isn't baptized, are they not protected? And what if someone is a Christian and claims to be a Christian their entire life, but they never get baptized and don't go through that ceremony. So I'm like, okay, what, please, like, what is our theological view on baptism and why is it so important when it's just sprinkling water on someone's head or dunking right. them, depending on the church. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, it is a ritual that has then been also uh, defined as a sacrament, meaning it was one of the activities in which Jesus partook and the Holy Spirit was invited into and was also you know, a shared, very holy experience. Uh, Paul uh, was baptized I think it comes out of. Um, it would be interesting to find other examples in other settings where. I mean, there there are a lot of stories about water being an important part of a ritual, right? Mm-hmm. A cleansing type of experience.
0: Well, but Just but like, that I think that that is part of the reason why baptism is not super meaningful to me, like many Methodists or many um, Protestants. I was baptized as a baby. I don't Uh remember it. I wasn't a part of the ceremony. I didn't make any choices to make that happen.
1: And then, like, every
0: now and then we do a remember your baptism thing in church where you can dip your hand in the water and put it on your head. And I'm like, okay, I was eight months old when I was baptized. I'm never going to remember have, my baptism. I don't have anything to go back and to. And then for that memory. at one point, like I was sad that I didn't remember my baptism. So I actually asked a pastor once, like I've been baptized before, but can I be baptized again? So I remember it. And they were like, no, one and done baby. Like, <laughs> and so I've never yeah, felt, you know, I think
1: that's unfortunate.
0: I've never felt this, like, Really spiritual, sacred connection to baptism.
1: Yeah, I think that's unfortunate. And I think that uh, I don't know our Methodism well enough, and I should, to know why are we so hung up on one and done. But uh, I see it now is a uh, like a, this this moment of acknowledgement. A couple of different things are going on. This acknowledgement of uh, I'm choosing Team Jesus. I am making a confessional statement that I um, have not been on Team Jesus, but now I want to be. The water is the symbolic presence of God, and you are ritually getting cleaned, getting lowered into it, and coming back kind of life anew. Mm-hmm. There uh, are all sorts of other interesting articles about the waters of birth, the waters of new life, you know, all sorts of imagery there. And... Um, why, why that we can't say to people, for instance, in your situation, um, that is such an esteemed thing, and to to have that that water experience, mm-hmm. uh, I think I think we should loosen up a little bit in the church, especially for people who's like that phrase. It really struck me when you said. So we're telling people, remember your baptism, and you were eight months old when you were born. Yeah. So I know that story goes on and it's more than the, the moment, you know, in whatever it was, 19, when would that have been for you? 70s? 88. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 70s. My feelings. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm old, but, uh, I think that would be an ex- interesting experience. And I like, so, For me, ritual is important in both, like, uh, the water, the tactile, anything that is sensory, that is a secondary layering for me of whatever I define as holy. Like, um, and sometimes it's a smell, it's a fragrance, you know, a sacrament of of a a campfire, sacrament of, you know, a a community dinner. Yeah.
0: not to not to veer us too far yep. away from temptation, but for him to make the claim of like, okay, you know, we just did these four days of fighting temptation, but guess what? Day five, you don't even have to worry about it. Your baptism protects you, and that was just like, what? What?
1: I think he meant it as good news, but it does also feel like if it, it uh, like somebody could read all that and go, well, wait a minute. I've been with you for five days, and now you're telling me?
0: Or the opposite end of like, but I'm not baptized. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Hey, Pastor, when can I get baptized? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, and that's how it ended.
1: Well, I hope that in, in his thinking, what he was trying to just invite people into is the baptismal experience as an affirmation of your mm-hmm. your connection with God.
0: Yeah. And and I don't ever want it to come across. Let me say, this was a very well done devotion. He's a great speaker. He shared really interesting thoughts that we're able to now have a two hour conversation around yeah. um, or however long this conversation ends up being once I edit it. Ah. But uh So I don't ever want it to seem like we're just picking somebody's work apart uh, because he said really good, meaningful, helpful things that have gotten both of us thinking about temptation in a way that we probably haven't thought about it in a long time and going deeper on subjects that will hopefully continue to resonate with us over the coming weeks as we think about temptation. Um, And so I don't want to discredit
1: his work. I get that and I and I think to your same point like he invited me to uh, look at uh, language and words that were prompted that prompted emotions in me of evil temptation satan devil that's probably and then
0: topics that if you're anything like me you avoid
1: Well I do and I had a, at first I kind of recoiled yes and then I began to kind of I I think I told you I listened and read it all once a week or two or three ago and then i did it again just the other day and what i began to do is kind of dismantle or disconnect my emotional response from the concept of what he was talking about right and that allowed me to get closer to i think what was the intent which was for me to 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 name again that within doug meyer there is a self-serving aspect that at times goes against and beyond what Jesus the Christ taught me to be like. Mm -hmm. And that that's out there, and I succumb, and other days I don't.
0: Acknowledge it, but also know that you are loved and you are okay. Yep. And and when you do mess up, it's not the end of the world. And I think that's a really good message that he brought Mm -hmm. of like the you know, and it was a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, it, but it
1: also, I think for your, our purposes and maybe others' purposes, is that it's important to not let language uh, repel you, mm. to give it a chance to just kind of sit and then maybe ask yourself some questions. Maybe one day we talk about some templates.
0: Why is this language bothering me is a really good question. Mm-hmm. What is it in my baggage, in my history that this conversation about Satan is triggering me. Mm-hmm. Is it because it's been used against me? Is it because I've seen it used against others? Like, yeah. I, I think that that's a helpful exercise.
1: Hey, let's all learn this together. Let's unlearn and detach some of our emotional baggage from uh, uh, what we assign as judgmental theological language.
0: And I feel, I feel like that's fair to say that's what each of us unlearned.
1: Yeah, I'm with you.
0: So next month. Yep. We are unlearning loss, and what that means is grief. Ooh, We're grief. stepping into grief, right. and I. It is no coincidence that in the month of December we are focusing on grief, uh, because we know that the holidays are really difficult for people. And I let me tell you, like this podcast series the episode next month might be really difficult for me because I am heading into my first year of experiencing the holidays after a big loss. Sure, My grandmother who I'm ex I was extremely close to died in the day after Thanksgiving of 2020. And, um, so I don't know what kind of emotions I'm going to be encountering in the month of December and, you know, after Thanksgiving and and all of that. And so I think that this one will be really meaningful to me. Um, The reading plan we're going to do is called Five Days to Seeing Beautiful Again.
1: Oh, I and I—I like I
0: know. I love the title of that. And honestly, like a lot of the reading plans that we go through, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. But this one, I'm really looking forward to because I'm like, I think I need this. Like, I need to see beautiful again. And um, so, the link to that. Reading plan is in the episode description. I hope that you will do this little five day reading with us. And especially if you have experienced grief or loss, which I think, man, over the past couple of years, so many of us
1: have. Yeah. yeah.
0: So many of us have. Um, And
1: well, I'll be in the same boat. You know, my mom died in uh, January. Yeah. So December will be wrapping up the year of first. Yeah. It will be our first Christmas without her physically oh, yeah. with us. And um, I just
0: had my first birthday without her and yeah. it hit me really hard. It hit me a lot harder than I thought it would. Yeah. And um yeah, it's it's a journey.
1: Well, we um, we respect that in each other and we respect that in you and uh, encourage you. You know, if in, you're in the throes of uh, your story. And when we start talking about grief, if you need somebody to talk to, man, call her. We'll we'll have coffee with you. We'll talk. We've got grief support stuff here at the church that uh, might be what you need as well.
0: Yeah. Not that I know everything or anything about grief. I've experienced grief through my divorce, but honestly, this is the first death I've experienced in my life that was, yeah, I mean, I've been very fortunate of, um, I have not had very many close family members die this is the first for me so other than grandmommy it's just been pets yeah. so um this is all new to me so i might not be the person to talk to if you're like i need help with grief go to doug and well, i'll just you know, cry first, with you if you need it yeah no and that's
1: what most all of us need is somebody just to cry with have a cup of coffee have a beer with and go yeah. this hurts and this is sad and you just look at each other and go yeah it does
0: all right so check out the link five days to seeing beautiful again and you will hear from us again next month
1: all right it's been fun take care buddy